0: Cast. 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 the the rick rubin discussion was like the gateway drug like all right like, up there and i'll to be perfectly honest there's like three things that i sort of like watch or listen to now like when they like new snl episodes john oliver on sunday nights and then you guys like stop,
1: oh. stop. two cards right there <laughs> oh uh, we're keep com- going for another couple of days. We're That's coming a- after you,
2: Oliver. Yeah, <laughs> you and your British accent. Come on now.
1: That guy's ruthless. <laughs> I don't want any part of a John Oliver war. <laughs> Just bury us. And we'll never he, be he heard of he that
2: went after that town in Connecticut. They haven't yeah. recovered yet. Jeepers. Yeah. Fifty years of music with fifty-year-old white guys. A strange break with our Synergy podcast, guys from the age-old question. As you reflect on the bands that you chose, are you content? Jeff Simons.
1: I'm not allowed to be content. Like, Ben, I think when Ben speaks at my funeral, he's going to be, you know, Jeff lived a pretty good life, (laughs) but let's spend 11 minutes on what a (laughs) fucking terrible call Adrian Ballou was. Like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, seven or eight paragraphs of his goodbye speech to me okay but, uh, dude
3: that moved no, up to, I, 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 that moved up to I first paragraph it. of your obituary first paragraph <laughs> yes jeff simon's just Simon. beloved friend father teacher idiot who chose
2: blue i actually I love it so so hold on i want to i want to comment on rich's ban because i thought um I, I kind of liked his band until Jerry Garcia, Garcia. entered the mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, and, no. You know, uh, realize
1: we have to be careful because they're definitely going to be listening to this. Oh, yeah, Rich yeah, man, yeah. No. My man. Garcia. I would,
2: Bad call. I would totally say this to his face via
1: Zoom. Um, and then. You know what this- I was going to just say, you asked me, like, I should have picked Springsteen instead of Blue. I was trying not to pick. I was trying to pick a guitar player that was way out in left field because it would be fun. But, like, Springsteen actually didn't get picked. And, like, I actually love what a weird, bizarre lead guitar player Bruce Springsteen is. I love when he plays (laughs) the guitar. And that was my big mistake. I should have just put him in there.
2: Springsteen and Aretha
1: sharing the stage. with Sting.
3: with Sting. That would have been the Georgia band. You would have actually done what she said where you just choose headliners.
1: You know what? That's the Amnesty International... Basically, the Amnesty International tour was Sting, Springsteen, Peter Gabriel. Like I should have just picked that 1988 <laughs> band that closed that show. Well, you know.
2: can I talk to you about Sting because he was in the news this week? Did any of you read that article? I didn't. It it directly affects this podcast because oh Sting spoke of the Police reunion tour of 2007. A show we saw, the three of us at, at, at Bonneroo, <laughs> and which was really the, the genesis of this whole podcast with the two of you talking about the Rolling Stones in the front seat and me trying to get out of the car on the highway in the back seat. <laughs> um, Sting says, and I quote, I wish I hadn't done it. It was just an exercise in nostalgia. Are either of you surprised that Sting regrets the police reunion of 2007?
1: I'm not surprised that he's enough of an asshole to say that to a reporter. I mean, that's just unforgivable. Because, I mean, that made him relevant again to me, frankly. He made a bunch of crappy records, and then he went back to making loot records right after I,
3: No, I was about to say, oh, really? His <laughs> time God. would have been better spent with his classical music pursuits and his, his tantra yoga? I mean, <laughs> come on now.
1: What a, what a colossal egomaniac just to you know, why why take a shot at those two guys in 2021 once again yeah in 2021 golly all you right know, so he's such a fucking i mean
3: like <laughs> if if he's gonna be honest about it he should be like i was a cash grab yeah you a cash grab right. it's not a nostalgia thing he doesn't have it he obviously does not care about nostalgia he was like i needed that money that green money looks good like just go ahead and you say it <laughs> i'm gonna get that paper
2: uh, I, thought,
1: I thought Ben's band was was pretty cool. I thought the Maceo Parker was a. Uh, I mean, I just think having a single saxophone player. Uh, why would you do that? You get five musicians, you get one guy whose like job is to either go or go yeah. Right, he's like, awesome at both ben, of those things. Then had it won until he picked Maceo. And like with, by the I mean, way, I did, did win. win. I did win. In, in case you were wondering,
3: problem. I did win. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, let's get on with 2015. The patient listeners have waited long enough to hear the Grammy winner. Let's go, Jeff Simons. It's the Grammy winner.
3: Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran.
2: When your legs don't work like they
3: used to before.
2: Mm. Wait, that Ed Sheeran song, not
3: Uptown Funk? Didn't Uptown Funk win? Mm. Uh, will your mouth no. still remember The taste of my love
2: Will your eyes still smile From your cheeks Darling I
0: Will be loving you
2: Till we 70 and Baby my Heart Could still fall as Uh, Ben Barton, what's the difference between uh, David Gray and Ed
3: Sheeran? You just hurt Jeff's feelings in a really big way. Ed Sheeran's all right. I mean, I I don't despise this and I don't despise Ed Sheeran's work, Um, but I'm really, really surprised. I, I, I thought I remembered that it was Uptown Funk because... That's a Michael Jackson song, and so you know that the Grammys must have loved that. But I guess this is an even older-sounding song, so that made or, it even better.
2: Or, or is it Record of the Year versus Song of the Year? Oh, that could be it, yeah.
3: Yeah, that could be it.
1: Uh, Ed Sheeran, Jeff Simons, what do you think? Hi, ben. I agree it's Ben. Um, actually, I just decided what my song is going to be tonight, and so I will explain oh. the difference between Ed Sheeran and the kind of version of this that I actually like when we get there. Interesting. But like I, I cannot wait yeah. uh, to hear point that. the other. So I'm now I now I know what I'm going to pick and hopefully I'll be able to articulate why he's just OK. But I'm with Ben like there's not a lot to really get irritated here. I thought he sucked on Game of Thrones. Did you see the episode where he was? I, like a I did. I did. That was that hurt. Like, did you like him better like in the uh, the Beatles movie? Oh, I have not seen, nor am I aware of him. Oh, you should see that movie. That was a fun movie The the
2: guy who wakes up and
1: yeah. Yeah. The premise sounds great. I just, I honestly just haven't gotten around to it. Who is he in
3: that movie? What does he play? He plays Ed Sheeran. Good. (laughs) How was he? Was his performance weak? He's a singer.
2: Uh, (laughs) He tried to carry it like Bruce. It was weird. All right. uh, Let's move on to 2015. The biggest uh, crowd at the Glastonbury Festival in 2015. Who drew the
3: biggest crowd? Ben? Uh, Kanye West? He, I, did, did he play? No, well, Kanye
2: play West was there. Terrific performance, not the biggest crowd. Jeff Simons, any guesses? Nope.
1: No clue. Your boy Paul Weller was there. Yep, yeah, but he was not the biggest crowd. Your band The Who was there. Also, I imagine not
2: the biggest crowd. Patty Smith, the Dalai Lama.
3: They were all- at the <laughs> By the way, they booed the Dalai Lama off the stage. His <laughs> set was weak. You know, it's all remixes.
1: It's all the same shit. Hey. Like no, no, movie. no,
3: it was because they were chanting Bird" at him and he wouldn't do it. So they had to boo him off. Gotta play the hit to Glastonbury. <laughs> Lionel Richie drew over 100,000
2: people to the main stage at the Glastonbury Festival. Imagine 100,000 people singing, dancing on the ceiling at the same time.
1: I was just doing that. I was just imagining what that looked like.
3: (laughs) On a related topic, I saw him at Bonnaroo. Fucking great. That show was (laughs) great. He's got a lot of good songs. He's got a lot
1: of songs. (laughs) Lionel's sneaky great. I, I don't have any problem with that. Also, I love that Megan has a, a mug that says "Is it tea you're looking for?" with a picture of Lionel Richie <laughs> on it, which is my favorite my favorite ceramic product on planet Earth. So. I
2: am ordering that later tonight. That
3: is. By the way, brilliant. "Is it me you're looking yeah. for?" Or is a good creepy video for your Tim. You should go check oh. that out for sure.
1: Oh, oh God, the video. Did you read Wesley Morris's takedown of that video? No, um, but it must
3: be hilarious
2: because it's a creepy video. Dude, it's beyond. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Three pitchers are uh, selected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. We haven't talked a lot about baseball on this podcast. Jeff, you're kind of a fan. Ben, baseball? Sure, we're 50-year-old white guys,
3: man. Okay. Like we'll go and baseball and baseball and Wilco. That's what that's we do. That's
2: what I was thinking. So it's uh, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, and John Smoltz. I want to know, out of the three of them, who has the most wins and who has the most strikeouts? Oh hold on, Randy let me see.
1: Johnson has the most strikeouts. I agree with that. What'd you say? Randy Johnson has the most strikeouts. Agreed. That's my guess, too. Yeah. Good job. Most wins.
3: I think it's Smoltz.
1: I think it's Randy Johnson again.
2: It is Randy Johnson again. Jeff Simons, the lefty. Feeling the lefty love there, that's excellent. But what's the
1: better moment in these guys' careers, when Johnson killed that bird <laughs> with a fastball, like a halfway to home plate, yeah. or when Pedro threw Don Zimmer to the ground <laughs> in Those no, no. are the two defining so moments of those guys' careers. No, no, no,
3: there's an be- yeah. even better Pedro one. Yeah, the 17th- Who's your daddy? I Dude, just love that.
1: When he threw Don Zimmer to the earth and Tim McCarver's skeleton jumped out of its body in <laughs> indignation, it was one of the greatest baseball moments of my life. It was incredible.
3: Uh, it really oh, was. God. And I'm a Yankee fan, and it was uh-huh. hilarious. Don was Zimmer awesome. could barely stand. He was such an <laughs> elderly man. Like He literally got his walker out to come out there, and <laughs> Pedro just threw him down and took his lunch money. Uh, I love, love, love Pedro Martinez. Oh,
2: that's great. Yeah, I don't care if Randy Johnson has the records. I'm going with Pedro in game one of my World Series. Sorry, uh, other news. Paris Climate Accords happened in 2015. That was a big deal. Uh, The awful Charlie Hebdo uh, terrorist attacks in Paris. Uh, That happened in 2015. Uh, But I want to go with the impossible question something that, that that is really striking to me It was in 2015 uh, that Bruce Jenner transitioned and became Caitlyn Jenner and it was also in 2015 that the Supreme Court legalized same same-sex marriage and I'm wondering the possible question if I were to build a time machine, you're sent back to 1987 to your 17 year old self, what does your 17 year old self think of
1: these two? Massive moments. If I'm totally honest, I think that uh, my 17 year old self would have not been emotionally and intellectually cognizant of transgender issues to have an opinion. I think I would just be like, wait, what? I thought Uh that was drag. Um, so I think I would have been far more ready to engage with the idea of legalized same-sex marriage.
2: Well, I I mean, because we know what a huge fan you were of the 1976 Olympics, so you would have had Bruce Jenner's image cemented in your head, right?
1: No, I actually, I don't know. I, I, I had long since... When Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner, I didn't have a, like, but wait, he was on my Wheaties box. I actually didn't, that didn't play into it for me at all. I don't think, no, I'm honest. Honestly, it really didn't. I I had already fell out of my consciousness as a figure of my life, so.
2: I'm sorry, are you talking in 1987 or 2015?
1: Either, I think.
3: Okay, Ben? I would have been so gobsmacked about the idea that gay marriage would be accepted. Homophobia was so rife right. when I was 17 it was right. so brutal and grim and unrelenting it was really bad um, and then you know it was weird it was like you know I went to a, a public high school in Brooklyn okay so that was one experience and then you went to Haverford and it was still really bad like right. this like super Small. fancy liberal yeah. arts college, yeah. even right. even like my junior year, my senior year at Haverford, you've been like, there should be a gay marriage someday. I would have been like, do you mean 2200? Like what yeah. what one day are you talking about? Like I never would have believed it so that like in the bruce jenner thing i would have been like huh that's weird you know what i mean like that's just a person doing something and i would have been like oh i, oh, I, I, had, like, I had thought wh- that he would that that person would do that but i honestly i wouldn't <laughs> have cared the gay marriage <laughs> like, thing shows a fundamental change in our society and how we view people mm, and i mean there's plenty of things that you could be sad about but that's just freaking amazing amazing like, my my, my amazing. daughter and you've talked about your daughter's talking about this but like
2: my daughter's like, well, well, who were the gay kids at your high school? I'm like, honey, there were no gay kids at my high school that we knew about, because there's no way at my high school they would ever claim that identity. They couldn't in in 1987.
1: And even after like going to college and making gay friends and working through the the toxic upbringing that we all shared, like still like senior year, I had three openly gay. You know, friends, and and I would have been like, well, when do you think they'll be able to get married? I'm like, I don't know, never. Like, I, I I'm with right. you. Right. Like, I I didn't see a world in which that was going to be. And then and then yeah, the world shifts and changes, and thank goodness for that. So, let's
2: celebrate. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer an emotional intelligence coach and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. by going to the number one hit of 2015 it's the number one hit
1: uptown funk by bruno mars
2: oh see Do 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 do. This ice cold
1: Michelle, fight for that white gold. This one for them good girls, them good girls, straight masterpiece. Stylin', wildin', living it up in the city. Got Chuck's on with Saint Laurent, gotta kiss myself, so pretty. I'm too hot.
2: Police in the
3: fire, man, I'm too hot. Hot, hot, Like a dragon, want a retire, man, I'm too hot. Hot, Say my name, you know who I am, I'm too hot. Hot, damn. And my
2: band about that, break, break Girl, sit you hallelujah. Woo! ya, you hallelujah. Girl, sit you hallelujah. Oh, right. God. Woo. So, Michael Jackson, oh. is that the root of that
3: song, Ben? You're saying? So, um, the girls really, really, really like Bruno Mars, and I just swam upstream with them. It's like beyond derivative, it's just a straight <laughs> up ripoff. Like, it's not a remix, it's not something new, it's a just straight cover. And the name, I'm pretty sure the name of this record is Unorthodox Jukebox. And every song Funny. is a ripoff of an artist from the 80s or the 90s, like a hundred percent ripoff. Um, that being said, as soon as I got over it, I was like, Uptown Funk, going to give it to you. When I, I had this. I remember. So the, this, we were living in Slovenia. And I'm like, why would he want the dragon to retire, man? Like, what's <laughs> that's really tough for the dragon. Like, that's how hot it is that that's the how dragon's got to retire? Yeah. And the girls were like, that's right. That's right. That's how hot it is. And I was like, I feel bad for the dragon. What'd the dragon do? Can't the dragon just keep working? Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones coming back onto the podcast. Yeah, no, I great. mean, he doesn't have to stop breathing fire. He could do a lesser
1: <laughs> amount of fire. Oh, good Love stuff. Love that song. No, you know, I used the song to warm up when I made the record. I played along to Uptown Funk before I tracked drum tracks. Cause it's just oh, that's so fun. simple and so perfect and it's such a big pocket. Like I mean, I just I love, love, love this track. And and yeah, it's totally nothing new, but I mean I'm gonna spend the next six hours randomly yelling out, Don't believe it, this rap! <laughs> I just can't yeah. like once I listen to it once, my poor family, like at nine yeah. o'clock, I'm going to be like, I just can't <laughs> stop singing it once I it. Like, By great. the way,
3: I also love it when a new song enters the wedding DJ canon. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it goes into one yep. of the 15 songs you hear at every wedding. Right. And the third time I heard that song, I was like, oh, dude, I can't wait to get on the floor when that comes <laughs> on at a wedding. Ten years yeah. from now, twenty and years there from it now, is. thirty
1: yeah. years from now. Yeah, no, it's, in. it's in there. It's like uh, it's like Earth, Wind, and Fire's September meets Michael Jackson's "Want to Be Starting Something" and has uh-huh. I mean, it's all that loveliness. All right, your invitation to
2: cynicism from 2015 comes to us courtesy of Minnesota dentist Walter Palmer. What is it that Minnesota dentist Walter Palmer did in 2015? he went trophy hunting in zimbabwe and Uh, killed zimbabwe's favorite lion cecil the lion
1: we were having such a good time (laughs) i mean do you even remember Thirty seconds ago, are you like a goldfish? You just like swim to one side of the bowl, and you're like, "They killed Cecil." And you swim back to the other side. And you're like, "That up telephone going to get it to you. Like, I'm so sad now.
3: It's also hilarious <laughs> that you named the lion. I know you. Oh, had I didn't to. name the lion. No, I know you oh, had that to. I, yeah, I knew. Yeah,
2: I, I had to. <laughs> <the lion>. <laughs> Cecil.
3: <laughs> Come on. Oh, that's that. I'm sure it was a good looking rug, Timmy. Oh, man.
1: That's I forgot about that. That's enough. I hate those photos. Here's those the crazy thing. For all lifting. we know, we get a lot
2: of <laughs> Oh, we get a lot of listens in St. Paul. He could be a fan of our podcast. You shouldn't have done that, buddy. You shouldn't have done that, that Walter. Good. Come on. Don't kill a know. lion. Read a Hemingway story. Jeez. All right. Um, so we got the invitation of cynicism out of way, out of the way, so we can get to the the best question of 2015. What happened in 2015 that cemented the fact that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach ever? Oh,
3: I mean, every, have, like everybody's th- Pedro th- and Belichick in the same podcast. Everybody
2: thinks he's going to call a timeout and he doesn't, and Pete Carroll kind of panics, and instead of giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch. He calls a pass play, and the Patriots beat the Seahawks.
1: Woo! Jazz hands. Woo! <laughs> that was That was that long ago already? 2015. Good Lord. I feel like that just happened.
2: Well, it's weird. Like, the rings, the, like, you get them confused. Like, which ring came when? All right. Let's uh, – <laughs>
1: is how much i don't give a shit about all those rings <laughs> belichick's the worst Bel- i can't believe a guy as honorable as you has had to root for that that, that just like jabba the hut come to life that is built wow I mean, what? that guy hold on uh, I, I, I i won't I, in defense
3: beautiful. of timmy he's not anywhere near the worst are you kidding me For coaches, like he's he's not a college coach who pays his players. You know what I mean? Like Belichick is like, he's not the greatest, but he's definitely not the worst. He's no Phil
1: Fulmer. Belichick could like put his head on his hand on somebody's head and like suck out their essence for another first down. He would just do, he'd be like, come here, come here, before you go in. And he just scan that poor kid and just eat. I don't know about that guy. All right, let's get. let's
2: get because we're not gonna settle this issue let's get uh, <laughs> kevin brown uh old friend super fan kevin brown is coming in for our three songs R three songs let's welcome in old friend kevin brown uh super super music fan kevin can Ooh. i call you a super music fan
0: Sure. Yeah.
2: Like you know music, and you're uh, invested in music. I love music! Is it possible that in the last uh, six months you've made fun of some of my picks on Twitter? <laughs> Relentlessly, yes. I, I think that qualifies you then as a super music fan. Well, welcome. Uh, <laughs> we're we're about to get to our three songs, all right? But before we do, David Letterman retires in 2015 best letterman bit you could think of off the top of your head
1: oh read things over with a steamroller particularly the Toonieville chew okay that's my favorite
3: okay ben barton oh first of all i mean you love letterman big uh-huh. time um second i would not choose any particular bit I would choose the weird squirrely stuff he would do in between. So one thing that I loved was he would move his jacket and make his tie dance, like for no reason <laughs> at all. Just his tie would go back and forth. I loved that. And I also loved he would turn to the camera for no reason at all and say, I've been hypnotized.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the other one that I love is, uh, you uh, you got any gum? Oh, yeah, he- totally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh kevin brown any favorites i think the general one would be stupid human tricks uh-huh. there some ridiculous ones there but for some reason i'm suddenly distinctly remembering he did a bit it had to be 88 or 89 uh-huh. in the spring where he was like the countdown of top sayings of the summer and it was just all stupid stuff <laughs> <But> <laughs> i think I number forgot one about was, his hey, countdowns. Oh how much God. for that buick
3: oh no wait Now i actually i remember a different one i apologize he goes out to california and he's got a week of shows in california and they do a bunch of bits and one of the bits was they're like in california people really like to have named license plates so they had a whole running gag about named license plates right so and the very first one they find is a guy named Fat Guy. And they <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the truck pulls up next to him and they ask him. They're like rolled down the window and they're like, pull over, pull over. And then he pulls over and they're like, We see you have a fat guy license plate. Are you in fact a fat guy? And of course he, he's like, Yeah, hell yeah, I'm a fat guy. <laughs> and he gets out. So then there's like <laughs> it's like another 10 minutes of it where they're finding other people. Then they find a guy with a fat boy license plate. They pull him over and they're like, hey, fat boy, are you fat? And he's like, I am. And they're like, we got a special friend for you. And then they play We Are The World and fat guy meets fat boy. And it just made me laugh until I cried. (laughs) That's
2: that's brilliant. Good stuff. (laughs) All right.
1: Well, I like when he did the, um, he ran the um, McDonald's (laughs) drive through. Do you remember that when he's the order box at a fast food restaurant? Those are amazing <laughs> as well. When he's like, listen, we're out of burgers. Can you go over <laughs> to Safeway and get 300 patties?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much fun. Thank you. Uh, good career, David Letterman. But we got to get to our three songs, which tonight is our four songs. Yeah, baby. Kevin, I don't want to put too much pressure on you. I don't want you to go first. Okay. All right. Jeff or Ben, I can't even remember since we, we did that Interruptive uh, Synergy podcast. Who, uh, who wants to go first tonight?
3: I'll go first. That's good. All right. So um, first, I want to note, I have not chosen two Kanye West songs yet, just to clarify. You've chosen a Kanye West <laughs> a Kanye song and West song a, and a, Jay-Z, a Kanye song. Jay-Z song. And I'm not choosing a Kanye West song this year either. I okay. would start out by noting that one reason why I love Kanye West, why Kanye West is the best, is his passion for collaboration. Like, what a crazy collaborator he is. Tim, I've got a special one for you. Okay. His second record, Late Registration, is produced by John Bryan. Do you know who that guy is? I do not. Okay. John Bryan, this is how he describes himself. I produce unpopular pop music. That's his definition of it. And he uh, does Fiona Apple and a a bunch of other acts that you know for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, West brings him on because he's like, I need string sound. Who does a string sound? This guy. He brings him on and produces it. Over the course of his career, he collaborated very successfully with Daft Punk, Jamie Foxx, John Legend, uh, Frank Ocean, super famously with Bon Ivor. He's got like ten songs with Bon Iver. Now
2: now I had a student call me out in front of the entire class about my pronunciation of Bon Iver.
3: Yeah, I think you're you're Bony there, or you can call him Bon Iver. He's from Wisconsin. He can't criticize me for how I pronounce his name. Like if (laughs) if that's going to be his name, you can call him Justin Vernon if that makes you happier. Can I give
2: you my student's email address
3: and you clear this up? That'd be great. Thank you. 2015. Is perhaps his most insane collaboration. His manager calls up Paul McCartney's manager and says, "Kanye wants to meet you. Kanye wants to record with you." Jeff knows Paul McCartney's like, "Sure, sure, I'll give that a try." So he's all excited. They meet in Beverly Hills, and I can't remember. They're at I think they're at like one of those famous Beverly Hills hotels, where there are bungalows in the back. Brings. Uh, paul mccartney into the bungalow and all the recording stuff is set up and it's kanye and paul mccartney and the producers and they're just hanging out so McCartney's like well i won't do his accent but he's like well how do we do this like in the beatles we would like arrange songs and write songs and mccartney describes kanye west as barely listening to him <laughs> and scrolling through his phone, looking at pictures of his own wife. He's looking at pictures of Kim Kardashian (laughs) rather than listening to Paul McCartney speak to him. So he's like, no, no, listen, listen, we, we got a guitar, we got a bass, we got a keyboard, we got a a Roland, just, just play some parts, sing, play parts. And, and McCartney's like, really? Like you don't want to. And he's like, dude, stop. There's no reason to be talking to me anymore. (laughs) Just sit down and play. So, McCartney, for like two or three days, sits in this stupid bungalow, just playing random riffs on these things with no feedback whatsoever from Kanye. Kanye's barely listening to him, doesn't pay any attention at all. At the end of it, McCartney goes home. So McCartney's like, well, that was a very strange experience. And he's like, for months, I hear nothing from Kanye, nothing. And at one point, I even called up his manager and I was like, is there going to be something? And the manager's like, yeah, he's working on it. He's working on it. Without any warning to McCartney, Rihanna announces the first single from her new record, Anti, is a collaboration of her, Kanye West, and Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul McCartney's never met Rihanna, has no idea what the hell is going on. <laughs> he hears the song. He's so puzzled. He calls Kanye and he's like, am I on that song? Am I playing on that? And Kanye's like, yeah, man, you're the guitarist. you, you It's your guitar part all the way through that. And he's like, I, I've never played that part. And Kanye's like, yeah, we sped it up. <laughs> we sped it up. It was like in a different key and faster. And that's the McCartney part. Jeff Simons, knowing Paul McCartney, was
1: he pretty thrilled? Oh, man. Anytime that boy goes to number one, he's the happiest man alive. This, is no. the, this, is, this rose to number four on the charts, Jeff.
3: Uh, Paul McCartney sets the record for the longest time between top 10 hits. This is 2015. What's Paul McCartney's last top 10 hit in 1986? 86. 1986. Spies Like Us. Spies Like Us. I can't believe you got it. That is such a great call. Nice job. I know you agree with me. (laughs) Spies Like Us is great. It's i so love great. that song the movie love song. is love so the movie. stupid it's so great but the song <laughs> is amazing i bought that single one reason that went top 10 is i went to tower records and was like i need that spies like us single <laughs> loving that video it's oh,
2: yeah.
1: yeah it's got like um it's like the you can call me Al" video before there's a you can call me Al" video like they're like accurate and all those guys are in the video like dancing with paul mccartney is hilariously bad
3: it's yeah what's video. mccartney's last top five hit 1983 uh say I mean, say say thank you timmy, thank you, timmy. Ooh, he dunked all over you that's that really gotten impressive I
2: gotcha. thank you thank you
3: so and here's stuff, how you stuff, know stuff. that mccartney was happy yep, to work stuff, with stuff. Is the name of that song. (laughs) Oh yeah, that song does suck. You know that McCartney was happy to work with Kanye because he did that terrible song with Michael Jackson. Like he was just super uh amped to do this. So it's a super weird song. And one of the themes for me is like like when when a song's a top 40 hit and it sounds like nothing else on the radio, that always thrills me. And this doesn't sound like anything ever. Like it's a super weird song. Rihanna, from 2007 to 2012, puts out an album every year like clockwork, and they're just ringing the top 10 hits That's impressive. Her. Jeepers. This song is her 26th top 10 hit, and she mm-hmm. eventually comes to have 30. This presages her, two thousand. so 2012 is, is the last record, 2016, Anti comes out complete turnaround and this 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 single presages it like it's a raw r&b record they actually take advantage of her voice they take advantage of her passion um if you don't know the song higher a two minute 1957 r&b song about sex marijuana and whiskey i can't recommend it highly enough three awesome things that go well together in two minutes for sure okay um Oh my no, I, I heard Kim's feelings. a
1: few minutes. Can I just point out? <laughs>
3: yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Not for
1: everyone, anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah. This song is called Four or Five Seconds. It's three minutes and eight seconds, and it's a freaking banger. I love it. I'll tell the personal story in a second. It's like you could start anywhere in here. You can start at minute two. You can start at minute one. Just start from the beginning and go through the Kanye verse, and then we'll quit. Four or Five Seconds by Rihanna, Kanye West, and Paul McCartney. I think I've had enough, I
2: might get a little drunk, I'll say what song am i say what's on my I might do a little time, cause all of trying to make it back home
1: by Monday morning, I swear I was somebody would tell me who
2: that's all I want woke up in optimist sun was shining, I'm positive then I heard you was talking trash hold me back I'm about to spaz yeah, my boy,
1: my
3: So the little squirrely noises in the Kanye verse where it's like, wake me up. It sounds like it's one of his kids. That's how sped up the guitar is. That's McCartney singing. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that insane? That's That's McCartney's vocal part. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, So 2015 is the second half of the year that we spent in Slovenia. And uh, just a short moment on nicknames. So, it's not okay for you to choose your own nickname and a properly given nickname does two things. It describes you, but it's also a little bit mean. The girls, my daughters chose this song as my theme song. They were like, this is your theme song. This describes you in a nutshell. And I was like, really? Because it's about drinking and being mad and wanting to go to jail. (laughs) And they were like, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's why we chose this song. for Dear God. And I wasn't even mad. I was so touched. You know what I mean? Like to have your children know you well enough to choose something like this. And it was perfect because it was me. You know what I mean? Like it just hit the sweet spot. Yeah. I can't say this is this is like one of my five most favorite songs in the world. I love this one. Awesome. They've got you down your anthem.
1: <laughs> Wasn't I don't this, think, um, you know, to quote the Princess Bride, Kanye keeps using that word collaboration. And I don't think it means what he thinks it means. What <laughs> one man's collaboration is another man's sit in this room and play shit until I tell you to stop and I'll see you in a year which is
0: very I'm different. put your name version. on
1: it and use your name to market my stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I don't disagree though. I You called me and said like, buy the, you know, listen to this song immediately or you're a bad person. And I, uh, I did and you were right. It's a great one.
3: Yeah. But the second one, the second collaboration only one is just a bunch of like uh be- really beautiful organ work that McCartney did. And then it's a car, like can't describe how beautiful it is. Is Kanye singing to his dead mother about oh, missing God. her and about his own kids? It's a huge tearjerker. This one is like more up tempo and more fun, but I, I'd also recommend Only One. Like it's beautiful. Oh, and also here, Only One is auto tuned. Dude, when you go back and listen to it, Kanye does not auto tune his voice and he's flat in multiple spots. And mm. it's a really brazen, super great selection by them in terms of the production of it. You know what I mean? Because Rihanna is a freaking. A plus, yeah, old right. star singer bringing, yeah. and she's not effing around. Like no. she's brought her A game to this one, and then <laughs> they throw Kanye, and he's not rapping, he's singing off key, and they're just bringing it.
2: I, what I remember from this is uh, Twitter blowing up. Like, I don't know who this Paul McCartney guy is, but his career is about to take off.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. There were a whole That's bunch really... of people who were like, lucky Paul McCartney, <laughs> like, let's hope this guy can leverage this uh, shout out. It's like, good Which
2: lord. Which reminds yeah. you of the, uh, the old Billy Crystal bit. Is right. it true Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings?
0: <laughs> yeah. Great. All right. Kevin, tell us, man, what do you think? Yeah. Of your choice? Yeah, it's a great song. Um, and I'm not a huge Rihanna fan, but like, yeah, there's no doubt. You know, everything she's done is like her voice shines through. Like, even in overproduced stuff, you're like, okay, yeah, like, I hear it.
1: She oh. got Do it. Do you remember when Rihanna walked past the um the guys and during the NBA finals and Van Gundy couldn't stop talking yeah. about how pretty she was yeah, for like love that. Yeah. a quarter and a half. That was really an embarrassing moment. And he's like, how am I supposed to pay attention to the game? Rihanna's right over there. I'm like, dude. Stop. Stop. Up.
3: Not funny. By the way, uh, Rihanna and Van Gundy and Weird Al are your things. Like, those are just repeated themes.
1: I really like well, going. Do I go back to the Van Gundy well? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I but, do kind of like Van Gundy. I watched a lot of Warriors games over the last five years and he broadcasted like a hundred of them.
2: I mean, clearly like he's replaced the Olympics in, in your experience.
0: Uh, Kevin you about I, I don't know if you brought it up before, but the best Van Gundy moment is the one where he dives at the guy's legs. Oh yeah. Oh. oh dude, I'm the a Brawl. Nick fan. I remember that vividly. No, I love that. Was that. Was great. Okay. So it's Alonzo Morning's that. legs.
3: He's holding onto Alonzo Morning's legs. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
0: Not, not well. Although, can you say Nick <laughs> fan? Is that like a phrase anymore? Still? Oh, that's oh. Yeah,
2: I don't I, know. I mean,
0: I say that as like, I'm from New York. That's the team I follow, but I would never use the word fan anymore. Until Dolan goes goes to the great beyond.
2: I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say that name. I'm sorry. Kevin Brown, what's your favorite song for 2015?
0: Okay. Do, do I get a story like Ben? Yeah, you get it. Yeah, oh, right. man. Kidding? So I picked a song from the band The Colorist um, and... So they're my favorite band of the last 10 years. They're a the colorist. Yep. C- cu- spelled like the British way with U in it, C-O-L-O-U-R. Um, I am. We're gonna, it. sorry. Are, it's okay. Um, they write amazing pop songs. They are great in the studio. They're amazing live. They get signed in 2012 by Nate Albert, who used to be in the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones to uh, Republic Records, who also signs the same year Some kid from Canada named The Weeknd. All right. (laughs) One of the two takes off. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, But early on, it looks like it'll be The Colorist because in 2013, uh, they come out with their their first album. The Chainsmokers first sort of hit is a remix of one of their songs. Oh, okay. Some Little Games gets with play in a Nokia commercial. It goes on Guitar Hero. It gets in FIFA 2014. So Hey like, now, now you're speaking happen. my language. Yeah. Um, and then 2015, uh, a couple of years later, they go on tour. I took my daughter to see them. And, you know, like when people are nice to you and they don't have to be, like it's kind of special, but like you're right. all parents. So, you know, like when people are nice to your kids, when they don't. Yeah. To, it's easy, like, and they like, my daughter was, I think, 10 at the time. And, you know, it didn't fade. Like, they treated her like an adult. T- chatted with her, hung out a little bit. Wait, like, wait, you said you went to their show.
2: You didn't say you were backstage. I wasn't backstage. They
0: came out, hung out by the, the merch, chatted with... Oh, fun. Yeah. They, they talked to her about Harry Potter. <laughs> just like, All a 10-year-old wants to talk about, like... That's right. Know, Great show, but can, can we talk about Harry Potter? And they were like, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they were amazing live. You know, like you see bands that you hear them, their record, and you go, you're like, this is amazing. You go see them, and then you're like, was it them? Or did they hire somebody to play this? Oh, right. Like, they were as tight live as on the record. Um, And that summer, they come out with a four-song EP. Every one of them is like hit quality, you know, throwback to the 80s, like pop songs. they they have their drummer, is uh, she's a singer. They have a multi instrumentalist. Their sort of frontman sings. They've got these weird vocal harmonies. But at the end of two thousand fifteen, uh, their guitar player leaves the band. Maya, their drummer, she leaves the band, becomes a, a vocal actor and starts a family. Um, their frontman Adam, uh, his sister is one of the people that was killed at the Las Vegas concert. Oh jeez. Oh. They're And they just don't put out any more music. Um, oh. So it's like this band that I really love, and it it kind of never happens. But oh, nothing put out is great. I, I highly recommend it. The song I pick for this year is When I'm Away, which actually got used in a Hulu commercial that year, so it got some play too, but <laughs> okay. Not at the same level as the weekend. Um, <laughs> and so the song is When I'm Away by the colorist and I want to play from two minutes and 23 seconds to the end.
2: Eight. they know what they're doing how many people in the band four and the
0: men and women so it's a a woman playing drums and singing okay singing and playing guitar they have a guy who just plays guitar and then a multi-instrumentalist that plays keyboard bass and sings is is
2: drumming and lead singing the hardest position to lead sing in.
0: it's gotta be hard I mean, not many people do
1: it. Ben, Jeff? Yeah, it's hard. Don I mean, Henley, right? But he's barely playing drums, so it makes the, it easier. The guy from the Romantics. The guy from
3: the Romantics is my favorite. I was hoping you would bring him up, Timmy. I dude. love it. It's what I like blink. about you.
1: What I, like what about I you. love is that he blinks every time he hits the snare drum, and he's still <laughs> is able to be a lead singer. It's incredible. He's like, what I like about you, clink, blink. It's like, No, no dude, he
3: can play the drums and do
0: the
2: part yeah it's so a, there's a lot
0: going on um, Maya Tuttle who's the, the drummer and singer from The Colorist like she's married to Dan Palovich who's the drummer from Panic at the Disco I'm like oh. you're, you're I think a better drummer than him and a better <laughs> singer than the singer of his band that's way more popular oh my gosh that's hilarious and, and
1: his band, his band
0: made people. it and her mm-hmm. band
1: didn't yeah they did a drum they off They made it. it. There's there's 177 thousand views of this song. That's made. I mean, they, they okay. made a record. They toured. They made it. Do do you own a colorist song? Because that's they, my they measuring stick. I, I have, don't. Well, it's a new amazing. band to me. I'm excited. I, I look. It's an impressive guest who pulls. Uh, a song out of a band I've never heard of. I mean, that that was that was good work. That sounded good,
3: too. I like yeah. the harmonies. I yeah. mean, like, when the woman's voice comes up at the end, I assume it sort of builds, right? We're getting the tail
0: end where it's, like, all filled in. Yeah. Yeah, the, the beginning is a little... It layers. You know, they kind of, like, come in one piece at a time. And then there's, like, a kind of plateau from one minute to two minutes, and then we got the last minute. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. All right, so the colorists... But it's British. So look for the U. Yes. Spell that right. California, um, from County. Of course.
2: Uh, Jeff Simons, what's your 2015 pick that you just decided this evening?
1: Well, look, there's two records that dominated 2015 for me. One was Courtney Barnett's uh, first full length record, and the other was Kendrick Lamar's uh, record. Um, okay. But I'm not going to pick from either one of them. I was kind of trying to decide. What? What do you what? One or the other. <laughs> okay. What um, is better? I thought so you were going to go with Kendrick Lamar. How are you not doing Kendrick Lamar? I'm counting on it. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to pick something else. I'm, and I'm, it was a coin flip. I'm going to pick something that I guarantee nobody on this podcast has ever heard. And probably no one ever listening has ever heard. And I'm going to do it because of that Ed Sheeran pick. So, okay. Okay. One of the problems with the acoustic guitar based performance is if you're gonna just be stripped down acoustic guitar songwriter, like there at this point there have been, I mean, we've been doing this since the 14th century, right? So there has to be, there has to be something behind it. There has to be some kind of like, I'm digging into something whether it's a great melody or an emotion. And and so when that stuff is just pretty when it's just kind of skimming over the surface of the water and it never dives in I, I have a little less patience for it. Like everybody's picked up an acoustic okay. guitar, a D and E and thought like, Hey, maybe I'm Neil Young. And you know, this is, as Ben has yeah. said over and over on this podcast, it is hard to make. To so make that interesting. Way. Yeah. So here's a version that I, this song, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to put a parental advisory on this song. This song what? is so devastatingly, direct and sad that there Uh are frequently moments i can't listen to it all the way to the end because it is so it's so unflinchingly sad and great so this is adam levy adam levy uh is is not famous at all and if you know him at all you know him as the principal songwriter of a band called the honey dogs and the honey dogs are a great band from the midwest who have never made it like they they have made eight Really great records, Uh, starting with *Cena Ghost in 1997. I've been paying attention to this band. I got to play on the same bill with them at South by Southwest in 2004 with Rich Price and got to talk to them a little bit. Um, And uh, they were making a great record every two and a half years uh, and then barely touring and disappearing. And then there was a long stretch of nothing. And I just assumed they'd broken up and then... Adam Levy put out a solo record called Nob and Way in 2015. This is the title track of that record. And it is a record about being the dad of a adult son who's taken his own life because of mental illness. And the whole suite of songs is looking back at, at parenting someone that you know you can't totally reach because he's lost in his own He's lost in his own psychosis in his own head. And um, Adam Levy is a beautiful songwriter. He's beatlesque usually in his arrangements. Like the Honey Dogs records are like filled with vintage guitar tones and spectacular sounding old vintage drums. Like this record is mostly just Levy with an acoustic guitar. And this is this is what that Ed Sheeran song is not. It is uh, unapologetically stripped down. And it is the story of. Of Levy with his estranged wife driving their son's ashes to a vacation spot that the family enjoyed before the whole thing came apart to say goodbye. And it's just, what kills me about it is how unsentimental it is. Like, it's just a song about what that, uh, first of it's just, the first verse is just what's happening. And then it's just about, what that's like. And, and now that I'm, you know, as once you're a parent, you just can't hear the song and not put yourself in that moment. And just the, the moment when he says goodbye to his son in this, in this uh, moment, he says like, you had to say goodbye to an unspeakable world and make this choice. It, it, this is just, uh, there, are, there are just aren't that many people brave enough to make art like this. So I'm giving Adam Levy, if, if, he, if you hear this, Adam Levy, I, I've been listening to you for 25 years, and uh, this song just, I think, is uh, a remarkable piece of art, but even more so and a remarkable gift to any parent going through something similar. So here's uh, the first minute or so of Nob and Way by Adam Levy.
3: Nob and Way by Adam Levy.
0: driving 500
2: miles to meet your mother and you in a bag on the shores of and Wayne. Your sisters are broken, your two mothers frozen only six months have passed since you've chosen to end the blows of an unbearable world. Now you be a pearl in almond Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I bid you adieu only if we must. A
0: backwards baptism in Lake Michigan. I cradle my baby on his deathbed. Sleep.
2: Our beautiful sun in the
1: shallows of Albany. Wow, golly, yeah, it's just devastating. It's and it's 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 very Pink Moon, Nick Drake in the guitar okay. playing approach, and then it's this just really honest, stripped down vocal performance. It's just. Uh, and if you know the honey dogs at all, like he's capable of like the big symphonic song with like first chorus, bridge, second bridge, horn section, outro. And uh, so the choice to make it sound like this is super deliberate. And and uh, again, just like no Way, I don't know how many people have even heard of that record. Yeah, it, but it's a fabulous record by a really talented guy
2: I tell you so. that's a devastating song I, I've got uh, good friends who whose adult son is really uh, going through a lot of stuff and and, and to see his psychosis uh, come up as he's matured and you know it starts at like 15 16 17 and right. and here he is in his early 20s and the um, just the awful pain for them not being able to help their now adult son um, and convince him to take the medication he needs. It's just, what, what do you do? How do you, how do you process that? How do you move forward as a family? Ugh.
3: Yeah, that hurt my feelings. I mean, that was powerful. I'll leave it at that.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah. We really should have had you close the podcast
3: to Jeff. And sorry
1: about that. Sorry. And now Carly Rae Jefferson. No. Yeah, but you see what I mean like that Oh know, yeah. There's, there's just a there's a there's a depth to this that's right. not just the subject matter. Like it's you know he's really taking a really simple well traveled art form and doing what you can do best with it.
2: Well you know? and, and that's also like I wish my friends had access to that art form you know it's it it could help them uh process what's happening um so really really powerful stuff all right let's get uh to the end of this podcast my song i've got jason Isbell, jeff simons do you have any jason Isbell on your do. awesome
1: because
2: he uh he goes solo he dries up and he gives us a, an amazing album in 2015 and my favorite song of the year is 24
3: frames oh timmy i love it another triumph i'm in a
1: groove 24 frames by jason isbel
2: this is how you make yourself vanish into nothing and this is how you make yourself worthy of the love that she gave to you back when you didn't own a beautiful thing And this is how you make yourself call your mother And this is how you make yourself closer to your brother Remember him back when he was small enough to help you sing You thought God was an architect, now you know He's something like a pipe bomb ready to blow so if the show goes up in
3: flames. In 24
2: frames. It's really the only song um that all my kids
1: agree on. All my kids love the song. Oh, is it right? bizarre? I have no idea why. But you know, isabel has got a song not unlike the one I chose tonight called Elephant, which just eats me up in a similar way he's great he might make another appearance in fact hey now that's what i'm talking about in the running for a future year so
2: i think he could be a guest on our podcast anyone so (laughs) anyone got any connections kevin brown we're out of connections there come on all right we'll figure it out we'll figure
3: it out yeah Yeah, i love that i love that one it's like the 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 connection between the music and the lyrics and the way yep. he puts it all together. Like it's oh, all these yeah. different, like little tiny scenes along the way. I had a great conversation with my younger daughter about that song and about being religious and like how oh, it's connected and whether you could like, she was like, could you believe in God if God's not an architect? And I was like, oh yes. Like that. this song perfectly captures a, a version of a loving God.
1: I mean, and there's another song on this record called "Blue and I Loved," which is equally great. Yeah, there's, there's, this record's chock full of good ones. Yeah, it,
2: it really is. Um, yeah, something about you thought God was an architect. Architect, now you know he's sitting in a black car, ready to go. You make some new friends after the show, but you'll forget their names in 24 frames.
3: Or there's something like a pipe bomb ready to blow. Oh, I mean, man. it's
2: amazing. It's amazing. Great. Really great stuff. Gentlemen, we have to put 2015 to bed because I am teaching my Chinese students virtually in like eight hours. It's crazy. Uh, oh I know. I know. We got an early, early virtual class uh, with uh, Beijing. So let's uh, let's cut the podcast here. Boom. 2016 next week. Who's ready for the song?
0: I'm born ready. Kevin, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, Kevin, Brown. Can I I get two things before we go? Yeah, please. Go, go, go. Okay, so first, (laughs) the night that we got into the Twitter thing (laughs) Uh about... You and Ben? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, So first of all, no need to apologize. I enjoyed that. (laughs) I I feel like in in that sense, I am a grandpa, right? Like I compare all rap and hip hop now to like um, Public Enemy Live and... Tribe called Quest recordings and it all kind of like doesn't hold water to me, which makes, I mean, that's, that's 30 years old now. So, yeah. I'm yes. But what's really weird is as we were tweeting back and forth, I'm in the middle of an actual in person conversation with somebody. It didn't dawn on me till a week later that it's someone you know. Um, huh? Jim Rulowicz, who uh, was at, uh, went to college with you guys. <laughs>
1: really? That's who you yeah. were talking to? Yeah. Like Wait, Jeff, you're muted. Who who did, I didn't hear the name. I was glitchy. Who who was he talking to? Joe Rulovich? No way. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Amazing. So I was
0: on I, I work at a boarding school. I was on dorm duty that night and he had to come over and drop something off for a student. That's amazing. Like,
3: huh.
0: And I was like, you know, he's like, what are you doing like <laughs> that? I'm
2: yelling at Ben Barton on Twitter. That's what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, Ben Barton, that's a moron I knew from college. Like, exactly. Like, that, this fits all right in what I know knew about those two clowns. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the other thing, I just
0: like, you know, I work at a boarding school, so I don't commute. So I don't really listen to podcasts. So when Tim yeah. was like, hey, I've got a podcast, give it a listen. it's was like. I know how, right. Yeah. When yeah, kind of not really. And at the same time, like, okay, you guys were all born around 1970. Like it's going to be 25 years of waiting for Pearl Jam, Radiohead and Wilco to come along and then just pick their songs every year. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not who I am at all. Um, but the, the Rick Rubin discussion was like the gateway drug, like all right. and up there and I'll, to be perfectly honest, there's like three things that I sort of like watch or listen to now. Like when they like new SNL episodes, John Oliver on Sunday nights, and then you guys like, Aw. stop. Two cards. Two cards.
1: Right there. Aw. Uh, we're keep com- going for another couple of days. We're that's coming cool. after
2: you, Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> you and your British accent. Come on now. <laughs>
1: That guy's ruthless. I don't want any part of a John Oliver war. Bury us. We'll never recover.
2: Even after that town in Connecticut, they haven't recovered yet. Jeepers! All right, well, Kevin Brown, you are the best. Thank you, my friend. Well done. We will talk to you all later. Peace. Adios. Good job, y'all. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes, give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout, and then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys.
1: Hi, I'm Lessa Godette, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hey there, I'm DC. I host The Rock Podcast. Back
3: to the arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me,
1: subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric
3: Electrocast.